0: paid for by america first legal
1: getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance it's not only about making smart changes today it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy plus you'll help protect the environment for years to come a better world for you your family and your community Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com/rebates.
2: You're listening to the Huddle Up podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, we're giving it
3: just a second to breathe, make sure this stream is steady for you guys. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, empowered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, still alive and kicking out there despite <laughs> COVID-19 attack in the United States, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I received the very first message today. From a concerned listener, is there a chance you guys will have to cancel Vegas because the NFL might not let fans and media into the draft?
4: God, this would just be my luck, Chad. I'm finally going out to Vegas and we're going to meet up with the pod, you know, the listeners and having a draft party. And there's a a global, you know, epidemic, pandemic, whatever, right now. I I hope it doesn't affect our plans at all. And obviously, there's bigger concerns in the draft right now. There's, you know, people's health at stake. But I don't think uh, I'm being optimistic a month from now. Hopefully, the country is a little more contained and this
3: is not an issue for us. Uh, We're still planning like we're going, which is the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, we have half of it already booked. In the, it's in the books, yep. man. So, I mean, part of my – we've I don't want to get on a tangent about COVID-19 and freak everybody out. This is supposed to be your escape from that kind of stuff. Um, but the one thing that gives me hope is that, number one, the NFL – I'm not going to call them greedy, but I guess they are greedy, right? It's all about that mighty dollar. Yep, They're going to resist till the last freaking stand, canceling anything that's going to affect their bottom line. And, you know, that Vegas has been planning on it. I mean, we've had multiple outlets there in the hospitality business, Zach, just reach out to us completely unprompted trying to book us. Th- I mean, it's a it's a huge thing. So the NFL, they don't want to lose money. And the warmer it gets, the less these type of seasonal, because it is like a seasonal. The flu is the worst in the wintertime, right? Mm-hmm. Fall, winter time. The warmer it gets, I'm hoping, too, that it'll start to kind of peter out.
4: Well, if anything, maybe we'll just have the draft with no people in the audience. Just the, the pecs up there and then getting their jerseys, taking their picture, and walking off the stage. We'll have to see what happens. The NBA is starting to play games that was announced tonight without fans in the stands, which is weird and creepy to me. That's a whole other story, but... You know, I'm optimistic with you. Like People don't realize, and we're not going to make this a, a coronavirus podcast tonight, people don't realize the flu every year annually is more deadly. The mortality rate, relatively speaking, is higher, yet people are freaking out. If you just wash your hands and you maintain just common sense hygiene, I think you can avoid it. But we have to obviously monitor, chat as the days go on.
3: Yeah, the good news is, you know, China has already contained it. The growth rate has is going down now. And same with uh, Korea, South Korea. So, you know, it's still kind of growing in certain places that are just really getting exposed to it. But let's just hope we can all be smart about our hygiene, washing our hands more, you know, maybe be a little bit more conscious about running into big social situations if you don't have to, things like that, and hope for the best. Hope Hope that the WHO and the professionals at the CDC and the government are doing the right thing. So Thanks, this is this is an escape for us and it's an escape for you. We came here to talk football. In fact, the only reason we brought up the I brought up the COVID-19 thing to open the show is I just want to ease everybody's concerns at this point. The NFL there have been murmurings that they're considering possibly doing that for the draft. Keeping mm-hmm. out fans, keeping out media, but it right now it's very much just in the could happen kind of bucket, okay? And there's still almost two months, six weeks basically, till the draft. So a lot could happen between now and then. There's nothing to dictate that they need to make a decision today. So I think they're going to let this go, Zach, a little bit closer to the deadline. You know, as long as you got a couple weeks notice, I think they'll be okay. There's no reason to to slam the door today, and they got time to wait and see how it goes. But what we're going to talk about here today, and by the way, welcome into everybody that's been hanging out in the room, King Stacy, Jeff Bailey. Black Knight 232, Axe Jones, Noble Young. It's good to see all of you, Justin. Um, tonight, we want to talk about not a lot happening in terms of exciting news as it relates to your Denver Broncos. There are a few nuggets. One of them includes a new report connecting Amari Cooper to the Denver Broncos. And we're going to talk about that. But first, just a couple of quick matters of business, you guys. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter right here, as you can see on the screen. At Huddle Up Pod, it is the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time, and also you want to stay up to date on everything that's happening with your Denver Broncos in real time—breaking news, analysis, NFL draft, the whole nine yards. Make sure you're following the uh, the mothership, as it were, at Mile High Huddle on Twitter as well. And you know, Zach, I think we would be remiss to not do this. I'm going to remind everybody to head on over to huddleuppod.com to uh, check out the merch store. Zach has recently added a new product and it's been a hot seller going yeah. off the shelf today. When did you debut it last night?
4: Yeah, it was, it was literally last night. We put it up on the store officially and we already got a couple orders on it. And uh, yeah, I mean,
3: it's, it's, it's rolling out there. So I'm mm. going to show you guys really quick. You got the, the, so far this blue hoodie and this hat have been the uh, yeah. number one bestseller followed by this blue shirt. But this, Uh, tank top is rising up the charts already today. Multiple, multiple orders. And then of course, a bunch of stuff, men and women. So check that out when you get some time, just another organic way to support the huddle up podcast and mile high huddle and what we're doing, bringing you this content on the daily. This is the overtime podcast network.
1: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates. And discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
0: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a born or girl.
3: So first of all, we had uh, one of our former colleagues at 24-7 Sports, Patrick Walker, now with CBS Sports, kind of spitball, crystal ball guesswork that the Broncos might be interested in, in Amari Cooper if he were to hit the market, right? This was, I don't know, a month ago, maybe maybe a couple weeks. Well, Troy Rank of Denver Seven. You know, we basically said, we'll take it seriously if we hear it from someone that's actually plugged into the building at Dove Valley, right? And and Troy Rank is one of those guys. He reported yesterday on Twitter that if Amari Cooper does end up hitting the market, and I'll let you kind of explain what the lay of that land looks like, Zach, yeah. that the Broncos would be interested. Now, the big uh, fly in the ointment, though, obviously, is that all signs point to The Cowboys, who have about 74 million in cap space, finding a way to get that deal done. What have you heard? The same as, as what you've heard, Chad, they are working
4: diligently right now, feverishly, to get him locked up before the franchise tag deadline, which was moved to Monday, right before the legal tampering window opens. And if all else fails, we'll just tag Dak Prescott. But the one guy getting a big contract in Dallas, I believe in all the tea leaves suggest it will be Amari Cooper, potentially got $20 million a year, maybe a little less, but he's going to reset the entire receiver market. And uh even if he was cheaper, though, I just don't see him as a fit in Denver. I don't think he's what the Broncos need. He's a great, great wide receiver, the best route runner in the entire NFL, as far as I'm concerned. He's just not the speed demon type. He has some uh, drop you know, issues with drops. He has some injury history, even though he battled through three different lower leg injuries last year. He's just, he's expensive. Just not what the Broncos need to invest in when they already have Cortland Sutton on the outside and they're not going to even get that chance. As far as I know, he's not going to hit the open market. He will stay in Dallas long-term. They did not surrender a 2018 first round
3: draft pick to rent the guy for a year and a half. He's the long-term plan in Dallas. One of our colleagues, Mike Fisher, good friend of mine who covers the Cowboys for SI. Um, I talked to him about it today. We, uh, we chit-chatted, and he said he's not going to hit the market. Amari Cooper is not hitting the market, but let's just pretend for a second that he did. Zach, in what world, if you're the Denver Broncos and you're sitting here with $57.5 million in cap space, you know you're going to be able to bump that number up to 67 and some change once you – have a conclusion to a resolution to Joe Flacco. But in what world, even with that number of, of cap space, considering all the holes on this roster and all the pending free agents, homegrown guys in what world would it make sense to pay a a wide receiver upwards of 20 million per season to me, as much as I like, and especially in a year in which it's the most stacked wide receiver class, the draft Knicks are saying of all time. So to me, it doesn't, I mean, in a perfect world, sure. It would be great to have Amari Cooper, if he wasn't trying to command $20 million a year, I'd be all for it. I just don't see that being feasible and realistic, even if he were to hit the market, which, as we've established, is extremely unlikely to happen. The only
4: world where it would be plausible is if the Broncos did not have Cortland Sutton. They did not have a number one receiver, number two wide receiver. They did not have anyone at, at that position and had to fully restock. Then I can see the Broncos ponying up and 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 meeting Amari Cooper's price tag. But having that number one guy and needing a true speed compliment, more on the Manuel Sanders tire kill mode, Henry Ruggs mode, CeeDee Lamb mode, it's not... It's not Amari Cooper. Great tech t- t- technician, excuse me. Great hands, uh, you know, just a good football player overall. But not what the Broncos need to invest in. They have other near needs, other positions they have to fill. Not twenty million a year on Amari Cooper.
3: Black Knight jumping in on uh, Super oh, nice. Chat. Appreciate you, brother. He says, "Got my tank top ordered." You're the man. We let us know how you. you like it too. Yeah. Yeah, Send us a uh, send us a selfie. We we want to vault that and they give you a shout out. Show you some love. Cole Hasty also jumping in. Thank you, $20 donation on super chat. Every little bit helps. You know, we're never going to ask you guys to do that, but every little bit helps. You know how much we appreciate that. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, like I said, we're, we're looking forward to doing some really fun things with the podcast. And hopefully this gum COVID-19 bug doesn't ruin one of our, our biggest plans for this spring. All right, let's uh, let's grab here. While I'm looking at this, what are you hearing, Zach, on the Byron Jones front? Uh, he's going to he definitely, we're talking about Amari, Amari Cooper, might reset the market.
4: Byron Jones will definitely reset the market. He will be the highest offensive back in NFL history, highest paid offensive back at $20 million a year, maybe nineteen in that range. He's going to get at least eighteen though on an annual basis. Great player. I just don't know if you're approaching franchise quarterback money, if you want to make that big an investment in Byron Jones, a guy with no interception the last couple
3: seasons. Right. King Stacy jumps in and wants to well his comment 57 in uh, 57.5 million in cap space. I thought we had more than that. Well, you got to remember AJ Bouye is going to shave off about 13 and a half million. So, you know, that's a ser- that's a serious chunk, right Zach, that that's yeah. going to take out of what the Broncos could spend, but that's 13 and a half million that they're not spending on a Byron Jones or a James Bradbury, one of the tier 1 corners that are on the market this year in free agency. As we have talked about, we and you know mile High Huddle's been on this big time since the AJ Bouye trade. The, it's they can't be done at the cornerback position. They're gonna they have to make at least one more addition. Zach, even if in a in a worst case scenario, that's just getting uh Devontae Bosby re-signed, which by the way, the Broncos. According to uh, Bosby was on Broncos country tonight. I don't think we've talked about this, but he confirmed that the, that his agent has been in talks with the Broncos. He's confident something's going to happen soon. Yeah, I mean, there's
4: there's many different ways the Broncos can clear more cap. This number is just a placeholder. They can get rid of still Todd Davis for $5 million, Jeff Hiram $4 million. Flacco will take up the hill. He'll provide the Broncos some salary cap relief. That number will fluctuate and will work in the Broncos' favor, but they have to also take care of their homegrown guys first, and then they can explore the open market from there. So Justin Simmons, Derek Wolf. Devontae Bosby, maybe Connor McGovern, work from the inside out and then use whatever's left over to add a DJ Reader to add an Amukamara. They're not done spending. I just think that spending will be allocated to the guys in the building first and everyone else second.
3: Johnny Blaze says, Jonathan Joseph to Denver. How old is Jonathan Joseph now? He's 150. He's definitely in his 30s. Would you want to see that? I mean, in his own scheme, I think he could excel in, in Fangio's system if he were in his prime or even on the outside downside of his prime, but he's getting a little old, long in the tooth, Zach. I'm not sure. I mean, if we're going to go with a guy that's a little bit longer in the tooth, if you're the Denver Broncos, either get Chris Harris Jr. Resigned or get Prince Mukamara.
4: What I like about Joseph is the obvious connection of Boye and Kareem Jackson from his days with the Texans. The Broncos can literally bring the whole band back together and talk about continuity. I tweeted it's a possibility. I just don't think it's all that likely. He's gonna want probably you know nine ten a year for a one year prove it deal contract. He's he's 35. King Stacy says in the comments, I believe he's 35 at least 36 whatever in that range. He's old. He's not the long term solution in Denver. Just like Chad said, I'd rather give that money to a Muka He can separate right and he knows the system. He can sign right now. And and I think he would come a little cheaper than what Joseph is going to bring on the open
3: market. All right, the comment stream is moving fast tonight. I love it. Um, Robert wants to know on YouTube, what round should the Broncos go after interior O line and offensive tackle? You know, if it's up to me you guys have heard me say this now, I'll get climb up on my soapbox The Broncos wait till round two to grab a wide receiver, because it is such a deep class. You probably can afford to. You you might still have a chance at a guy like a Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, round two. There are gonna be plenty of options that are that that are gonna be there in round two and round three. I'm okay with the Broncos. You know, Andrew Thomas, if he's there on the board at 15, which it's looking like he's going to be, the Georgia tackle, Tristan Wirfs is probably gonna be gone. Becton's and Wills are probably gonna be gone. But if either of those three are on still on the board, grab him at grab one of them at 15 is my take but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Unfortunately, I think the Broncos are going to take a wide receiver, and it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, I'm not panning it. I'm just saying I would rather get that tackle first and foremost and then get one of my receivers later. As far as interior O-line, I think you that starts to become an option for the Broncos beginning in round two depending on what they do in free agency. And a couple of guys to keep an eye on, Eric Trickle had a Finding Broncos scouting report on Lloyd Cushionberry that published today. Go check that out, guys. And then also the uh, center from Michigan, uh, Caesar Ruiz. Two guys I really like in round two, if they're there. Yeah, Chad, I'm in lockstep with you about that. If
4: the Broncos go receiver in round one, it has to be offensive line in round two or vice versa. They got to devote what they did last year. They had the right approach with Dalton Reisner, taking that blue chip premium guy in the early rounds and not waiting till the sixth or seventh round like a few years ago. You have to get the guys when you can. They're going to need maybe a new starting center, a new starting guard for Leary, some backups for Bowles and Juwan James. They need a lot of help on the O-line, and they cannot wait. I'm with you, though. If some of the receivers are gone and, and Worfs is on the board, I'm probably taking him. Is that position just more important? It all depends on how the board breaks. I just don't want the Broncos to wait too long to find that help for Drew Locke
3: on the O-line. Jonathan, how do we say your name? C. C DeBaca? I apologize, my friend, if I did butcher your last name, but you've been so consistent on Super Chat, supporting the cause, supporting the show. We love you. Reach out to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. See if we can maybe send you a little something-something as a thank you for your dedication jumping in with the $10 Donation on Super Chat. We love you, buddy. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Philip on YouTube. Philip Merrill says, "Would it be stupid to get Prince and Jones cheap and then draft a corner or two to be great vet presence? You can't get Jones cheap, Zach. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a per- I, <laughs> even if you sign Prince Amukamara, you've got AJ Bouye, Amukamara, and Bryce Callahan. Okay, you have three viable starters. You know, at cornerback, three guys." That doesn't mean that you you it doesn't preclude you from still going corner in the draft because there are some interesting, it's pretty solid class this year for corners. So I would be all about that. And yeah, they would serve as that veteran presence. Just kind of stray away from the Isaac Yadam, Brendan Langley, tall, long, raw, yeah. athletic, you know. Uh, I mean, Yadam's not, I shouldn't color him with the same brush of of uh, Langley because the one thing that Yadam has in spades and which he does not at all, or Langley, was Yadam's a leader, he's passionate, he's got football IQ, believe it or not, even though you see the grabbing and you wonder, where's your you know, presence of mind? But I want them to find, and I think they will with Fangio as a much more featured and prominent part of the draft process, quintessential Fangio corners.
4: Yeah, you know, the, obviously the Broncos need cornerback help, but they traded for Boyer. and if they sign Prince and Mucamara and sign Byron Jones and draft two corners, they don't need five new cornerbacks. They're not that, you know, poorly off right now. Um, Jones is not going to come cheap, and right now, th- th- the Boye trade was an admission that, that Byron Jones is too pricey for the Broncos' interest this offseason. is out of their range. They did not want to devote that money. They still got a number one corner, former Pro Bowl guy, for a fraction of the cost. They might sign a as depth. Chad and I both endorse that move and they're going to draft someone for depth purposes they are not going to go all in to that extent though for jones and Mukamara. i can see Mukamara happening definitely not byron jones
0: this is the overtime podcast network not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies
3: Stu McPeak, one of our number one superstars on Super Chat, jumps in with a $20 donation. We love you, Stu. Thank you, Stu. He says, I've been flying everywhere. Use some common sense and you will be fine. Talking about COVID-19. Exactly. Uh, A friend of mine recently hopped on an airplane uh, in Indianapolis. Back, forth. He said that there were still plenty of people flying. You just got to be smart about what you touch. Don't touch your eyes. Don't touch your mouth. Don't touch your nose. As long as you're washing your hands regularly and you're being cognizant of what you touch, it's, you're going to mitigate a lot of the risk. And don't
4: freak out. Again, this is not a, a coronavirus pod tonight, but don't freak out if you have like a runny nose or some seasonal allergies. Those are all normal and you wouldn't be freaking out about it if there wasn't an epidemic right now. If, if there's a dry cough and you feel totally systemically weak and tired, that's probably it. But don't freak out. Like Stu said, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. You'll be fine.
3: Miller707Champ on YouTube wants to know, is it realistically possible to get Byron Jones, DJ Reader, and Corey Littleton in free agency, then get Ruggs, Jeff Gladley, uh, the corner from TCU, and the center from Michigan Ruiz what in the draft? Haul. That would be a dream offseason, <clears throat> uh, Champ. It really would be. On the free agency side of that, I think you'd have to – best case scenario is you, the Broncos might be able to get two of those guys. They're not going to go pay top dollar for Byron Jones when they just landed AJ Bouye, though. They're going to, they will add another corner Zach, but it's going to be a second, third tier caliber corner, but one who is definitely starting caliber, just not top of the market. And the top of the market guys right now are there's basically three vying for that spot. Byron Jones, Chris Harris, and James Bradbury.
4: I mean, Broncos fans right now should forget about Byron Jones. He's probably going to go to the Eagles, the Jets, the Giants, teams with salary cap space and, and enough money to meet his demands, which could be, again, $20 million a year. New, historic contract for cornerbacks. DJ Reader is a definite possibility, depending on what the Broncos do with Derek Wolf. Uh Corey Littleton, though, one of my favorite targets of the offseason. I hope he doesn't price himself out of the Broncos' range either. depends what Elway wants to do with that position. I hope they explore it, but among the three, Reader is the most m- most most
3: likely player to come to Denver. Count out Byron Jones right now. Brent, you must have a crystal ball, dude, because that was literally the (sighs) the one piece of swag we've been working on today. He wants to know when we're going to have an orange men's thong in our merch store. It's coming, (laughs) dog. Okay, it's coming. MHH stop. Watch. All right, Joe wants to know, so are we going to re-sign Wolf? I still think it's going to happen, to be honest with you. He's being realistic, Wolf. His last uh, public comment. On, uh, I think it was on KOA on Broncos Country tonight, if I'm not mistaken, with Benjamin Albright and uh, Ryan. What's his What's his last name? I just spaced his last name. Edwards. Edwards. Thank you. Uh, he said basically that it looks like there there have been talks and like there were reports coming out of the combine that there was positive conversation between the Broncos and Wolf's camp. Wolf acknowledged that. He said, but it looks like they're going to first let me hit the market, and then he said something about you know basically saying that they like me, they love me, but not at that price. So whatever he's asking for today, they're not exactly amenable to just hurry and get him signed up on that. They want him to have maybe a little bit of a reality check, see if they're not tripping, you know, see if they're seeing this thing correctly. And you know, if he hits the open market, Zach, and finds offers about at or less than what the Broncos are currently willing to give him, then he'll come back and he'll sign in Denver. If it's something that blows it out of the water or is something he's seeking on the open market – it won't eliminate the Broncos as an option, but the Broncos would then have to come back to the table and say, yeah, we'll compete with that offer. One thing I love about Derek Wolf so much,
4: he's such a self-aware player. I mean, he he really doesn't mince words. He doesn't beat around the bush. He realizes the NFL is a cutthroat business, and he openly talks about his his negotiations with the, con, with the Broncos contracts and stuff like that. He pretty much said his value of himself doesn't align with what the Broncos think he's worth. And he's pretty much said, listen, go out there, see if you can get a big deal on the open market. If you can, great. If not, come back and talk to us. It just seems like they don't want to break the bank on Derek Wolf, which is the right call for a guy pushing 30, you know, Hitting that stage in his career, injury prone guy. You know, he's not the, I don't think a super long term answer at defensive end. I think it's it's definitely likely, you know, if not probable, he resigns. It's, I think he just might have to not take a haircut, but maybe sit in the barber's chair a little longer than he wants <laughs> to. <yeah. laughs> just a
3: little off the top. No big deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sleek Tro on YouTube. If Chase Young and Henry Ruggs were both sitting there at pick 15, who would you take? Love the podcast. Appreciate you, Sleek Tro. Thank you. Um, for me, it's a no-brainer. I'm taking Chase Young there. Listen, I like Henry Ruggs, but he wasn't the most productive wide receiver on his own team. Don't get me wrong. Again, I'm not trying to poo-poo him. Explosive, phenomenal athlete. He's going to be a stud in the NFL. But Chase Young could be the next generational pass rusher. That could be the next Vaughn Miller. And even though the Broncos are stacked, you got Vaughn, you got Chubb, you go, You get back to that question of Chase Young being like, well, who who do you sit down Still, faced with those two, like if those were my only two options at that pick, I'm going with Chase Young, and that's just me. Yeah, I, I'm
4: I'm with you on that. I, I think to myself that even the Broncos, they have Von Miller. He's he's no spring chicken either. They're going to have to look to uh, you know get his 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 understudy in the building as soon as possible. That's a generational pass rusher, like you mentioned, Chad. And they're infinitely more important than the best wide receivers. I would take Chase Young in that situation. And considering the Broncos are going to have to maybe replace two starting defensive ends in Derek Wolf and Adam Gattis, they need the depth they need the starter. Chase Young would fit both those
3: roles very well. Dustin jumps in on Facebook. He says, hey, what's up, guys? If Detroit were to take Isaiah Simmons and Jeffrey Okuda begins to fall, could you see Denver trading up to get him? I could see that, but only if he starts to approach pick 10 and kind of that window. Yeah. I think John always starts picking up the phone and checking to see what the cost is. But I'd love to – I mean, he would be a great corner in Fangio's I would not at all sell the farm for Okuda when the Broncos,
4: you know, they brought in Boye. They're going to bring in probably Mar, another cornerback. I would move up a few spots for the guy, but I would not give up my third-round picks and maybe next year's pick. I mean, he's good, but Simmons is the only guy in this draft class I would move into the top 10 for and potentially sacrifice and mortgage the future for that type of prospect.
3: On YouTube, Rex Harrison says, I finally caught you live. Well, welcome, Doug. Welcome to the manger. I'm very curious as to why people are saying DeMarcus Walker needs more work. He's been a stud when given a chance. I would love to hear an explanation. Rex, the problem with DeMarcus Walker is that he's way too inconsistent as a run defender. That's the aspect of his actual physical game that he needs to work on. But what he brings to the table already in spades is that you can't teach Knack for being around the ball and making plays. And as a pass rusher, he showed last year, even as a rotational guy, he brings something to the table. But there does appear to be, Zach, from behind closed doors, some kind of a maturity issue going on there or an entitlement issue that has seen him clashed with now two different coaching staffs. Right. He was basically put in the doghouse last year, even after he was, I mean, what was it? Halfway through the season, he was number two you know, on the team in sacks, and they were make, he was rendered a healthy scratch. Do we know exactly what he did? We don't. And even if I did, I don't know it would be appropriate to tell everybody. But he did something to upset the apple cart. And once you get – I mean, remember, this guy's Twitter handle is Living Legends, Zach. <laughs> so, you know, he just needs to – this is his last – potentially his last year in Denver. There's a contract year. If he wants to get paid, if he wants to have that big second contract, he just needs to fall in line, do what his D-line coach – and it's probably Bill Collar that he's getting in the doghouse with. That's just me speculating. That's not me passing on any. Insider info, but Bill Kalar dictates who dictates what the rotation on the D line is more often than not. So if he can just kind of man up in a sense and just focus on the, the task at hand and he gets more snaps as a first and second down run stuffer, maybe it'll come. But Zach, to me, he's probably going to end up being a traditional three, a traditional four three defensive end, you know, that really only has an impact on passing downs.
4: Yeah, that was the point I was gonna make is that the common denominator is Demarcus Walker and probably Bill Collar, that's a great observation, Chad. He's rubbed two staffs the wrong way now. He's he's you know, it's not just a coincidence. He's doing something behind closed doors that's just not flying in the eyes of the coaches. And Vic Fangio is way more no BS than Vance Joseph ever was. So if he's not gonna work with Vance Joseph, it's not gonna cut it with Fangio either. I've been a huge fan of Demarcus Walker. I've constantly talked Yeah, we've we we're championing him more than most other people are in, in the media or fans or anyone else we think he has all the potential in the world as a pass rusher he's always around the football making plays he just doesn't seem to have that mental makeup a lot like Garrett Bowles to be consistent week in and week out and land on the right side of the coaching staff and stay in their good favor hopefully it happens this year and he'll have an opportunity with Gatsas and potentially Wolf and potentially Shelby Harris all leaving
3: Damian Clark Warren jumps in with a $20 donation on Super Chat Wow. wow thank you Damian Sorry, I'm just getting back into the groove. MHH, follow you fellas on Twitter. And Zach, I'll do better on the questions. What? What's he talking about?
4: I don't know. You do great on the questions, though. We appreciate anything yeah. you want to ask. Absolutely. Appreciate All the right. donation. Thank
3: you. Let's see what else we got here. Jody wants to know on Facebook. Zach, wouldn't protecting Locke be helping him? In other yeah. words. You know, getting him that left tackle—that's also helping Locke, wouldn't it be? That was the point I was making. Is like
4: I've been saying that it doesn't matter who his receivers are if he's going to be on his back every single down because he's getting harassed by opposing defenses. It's just as important the Broncos lock down his edge protection with behind Bowles and Juwan James, and also the interior with with Leary and potentially McGovern leaving. Absolutely, it's just as important, if not more important, getting him behind a fortified front five.
3: Fronty Pro Four X on YouTube. <clears throat> Been a fan of the channel for a while now. Thank you. And I may be a bit off topic here, but why do you all continue to say Drew Locke is the franchise QB for Denver when he's only played five games? Relax, guys. Well, Fronty, I don't know how long you've been uh, listening to the podcast, watching the channel, whatever, on YouTube, but Locke is a guy that we've been talking about as possessing franchise tools since before the draft, before he landed in Denver. We were on that train. And what makes me n- – neither one of us have, have said on this podcast that, you know, Drew Locke's the guy for the next 10 years, like guaranteed stud. It's locked in. He's the man. What we are saying is that he is in those five games, right, the five-game sample size. He has shown the type of steps forward that of, of a franchise quarterback that he's, he can grow into that. At worst, he, he deserves all of 2020 to be the guy. Those five games that he, that I saw – I think he deserves the, the, the unless, you know, barring some kind of unforeseen, just crazy left field collapse, Zach, he should be given the reins for the remainder of his rookie contract and and see if he really can grow into becoming one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Every time we make a statement
4: or declaration on Drew Locke, we preface it by saying he's the franchise quarterback for 2020. He has earned that right for this season. Beyond that, I'm not ready to say he should be in Canton. I'm not ready to say he should be the quarterback the next decade. He's going to be the next Peyton Manning. He is the guy for 2020. He earned that with his play last year. And it's amazing how Broncos fans always pine for a franchise quarterback and complaining for one. And now that you guys have one, you're quick to, you know, invalidate what he did on the field, his four-in-one record, his performance. He really has franchise caliber tools, and it's not just Chad and I saying that. He's shown that on the field, off the field, with his personality, with his arm talent. He is the guy for 2020, and if he flops, Chad and I will be the first ones to eat crow on him. I just don't think yeah. it's going to happen. I think he's only going to get better and be that franchise guy for the long term.
3: And fronty, I mean, give the guy his, his due. I mean, the kid balled out in five games down the stretch, 4 and one I mean, even A.J. Bouye said that you know, he one of the reasons he was amenable to coming to Denver is because he'd been paying attention to what was going on with Drew Locke and he likes the way this team is headed, the direction they're headed. I mean, it's already having and could have an, an even bigger effect in free agency, but the Broncos are going to be able to utilize that like you should w- be able to with the franchise quarterback as a recruiting tool. So keep your chin up, stay positive, stay optimistic. I yes. we assume you're watching this channel because you are a Broncos fan. I would try and find the glass half full instead of half empty with Drew Locke. And don't tempt fate. Jake Gerrard jumps in on Super Chat. $5 donation. Thank, Thank you, Jake. Jake. That means a ton, brother. He says, draft offensive line in the first round. Rugs will be a bust like John Ross, which is something I've heard a time or two. I don't see that happening. Same. He brings a lot more to the table than just straight line speeds at. I, I'm fully with you on that. Yeah, he's not just a
4: burner type. He's not just a, a nine route runner. He can run really fast in a straight line. He has huge hands. He can run the, almost the complete route tree, which will expand in the NFL. The guy is going to be a great receiver. Not yet ready to say all pro guy or perennial pro bowler, but a really good player. And he would be a day one starter in Denver.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: <laughs> not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.
3: Wannabe says uh, Tyler Palumbus of 104.3 The Fan said he thinks the Broncos should draft Jalen Hurts on day two. Of course he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean Tyler Palumbus. Uh, all due respect to him. He's a great guy. I think he's d- done really well with DMAC on 104.3 The Fans. Uh, the drives trying to kind of replace Big Al long term and recapture some magic for that show. Nothing but respect for Tyler Palumbus. If Jalen Hurts is there on day three, maybe. But I'm not a huge fan of that. He's he still has quite a bit of developing left to do as a quarterback. Taking him on day two, I mean, uh, I don't, that's a little that's a little rich for me.
4: What would that signal to Drew Locke as well? We're taking a quarterback that high in the draft after anointing you pretty much the guy for 2020. You don't want to mess with his confidence on the field or off the field. The Broncos, we've been saying it ad nauseum every podcast, Chad and I. They have to. Hammer home the fact he is the starting quarterback and and through the media with their personnel moves, how they construct the roster. He needs to be far and away protected and almost mothballed or, you know, in, in some protective sheath as the guy. No distractions, no high-priced backups, no high-profile backups, just Drew Locke as the QB one.
3: Steven jumps in on Twitter saying, "Longtime listener on YouTube. Keep up the great work. Look Thank forward you. to watching you guys when you go on. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Um, all right, let's see what else we've got here. Bear with me here, guys. Yeah, one thing I want to remind everybody, there's a lot of misinformation about COVID-19 floating around. It is the Internet. It is the age of fake news. It is the age of viral memes that aren't always true. So just be careful where you're getting your news from. Um, here we go. James Dean, Super Chat Superstar. Nice. Thank you, Appreciate James. Appreciate you, James. Jumping in, $5 donation. He says, hey, guys, just wanted to show y'all some love. We'll soon be moving again, probably North Carolina. Let's go out and get Shobert. And the thong comment was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> sure you want to die on that hill, James? What are your thoughts on the Broncos? We've talked about it quite a bit, but what are your thoughts on Joe Shobert? the Broncos rolling out the red carpet? I mean, they just cut uh, Christian Kirksey, right. which he could be an option. And I've heard some people spitball the the notion that they cut him because they're fixing to pay Joe Schobert, which I think if they were going to pay Joe Schobert, that would have already happened, to be honest with you. So I think he's going to hit the market. Do you want the Broncos to go roll out that red carpet? I mean, the only thing with the Browns, though, is they changed GMs, and
4: I guess the new regime needed time to kind of go over the roster, and they actually determined that they're going to start negotiations with Schobert. I actually lean in the the direction that he's going to resign with Cleveland, but I would not be surprised either if they uh, let him hit the open market. I don't want Christian Kirksey. He's not what the Broncos need. He's more of a thumper, and they need a true three-down guy like Schobert. Again, though the same thing with Corey Littleton. I don't think they're going to devote that much money ten, you know, upward to ten million a year for an inside linebacker. When they showed last year they can make chicken salad out of chicken, you know what? With Alexander Johnson, they have Todd Davis under contract still. If they were going to make a splash, I would say Chad they would have moved on from Davis instead of picking up his option. Not why carry that on the roster another five mil when you have to pay Showbert maybe ten a year. So uh, good player. I just don't think he's an option for Denver in the realistic sense.
3: Jacob says, I, I want an MHH hat, but no flat bill. Right now, the only hat that's on the merch store is the exact flat bill hat that Zach's got on right now. But, Jacob, we are putting, there's going to be more hats that are put on. I almost put one on the other day, but uh, that was kind of like a dad hat. I know, I know. But it's more like a curved, um, probably a little bit more like this one a baseball cap. Yeah, more like a baseball kind of dad cap, whatever. It's uh, They're coming. We'll, they'll be on here very, very soon. Uh, trust. Hunter Wartan, one of our superstars, jumps Thank in you, on Hunter. Super Chat oh. with a $10 donation. He says, missed a few days, busy with work. The corona won't stop you, savages. Not much nope. to say, just that Denver shouldn't pursue Robbie Anderson. <sighs> He's overrated. Yeah, I Great. mean, we seriously... Zach, have we canceled the podcast since we've partnered up? Have we canceled the podcast because one of us have been under the weather? I think every time we've, we've, we've gutted through it. Yeah. yeah both. I, of don't, us, so. I don't think so.
4: Yeah. I, I remember maybe we were considering it once. We were talking about it. I think we even still recorded that. It might've been before we did super chat though. They weren't live podcasts. At the yeah. Time.
3: It might've been before live and all that, but um, Robbie Anderson, I'm with you. <clears throat> I think that he's very overrated straight line speed. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't want to see him in Denver, like without exception, but it would have to be at the right price. Like I'm not going out and paying through the nose for a guy that is good at, you know, nine routes and deep post. Like he's got to be able to bring more to the table. And if he can't, then he's got to take a more reasonable contract.
4: The ironic thing is Robbie Anderson is more the type of player that fans are worried Henry Ruggs is going to be. He's literally just a speed guy. He can run in a straight line, and he's going to probably get $9, $10, 11000000 million a year, and he's injury-prone. I do not want him in the least. I do not want him, the Broncos, making that investment, him not playing games at all like Juwan James last year. So no Robbie Anderson, no veteran, really free agent wide receivers. Take care of that need through the draft.
3: All right, here's an interesting one. Zach, I'll do offense, you do defense. Paul says... On YouTube, what would your dream lineup be for the Broncos mm. Week One? What would be the most real? Well, well, there's only one. Or two. let's do the dream lineup. Zach, you want offense or defense? Oh, uh, I kind of want offense. Okay, you do offense. All
4: right, I'm gonna go. God, it's it's so tough because I'm so conflicted in round one. I'm gonna go obviously Drew Lock at quarterback, Philip Lindsay at running back. You know, Janovich at fullback, wide receiver obviously Sutton. And I'm not gonna go every wide receiver. But wide receiver two. Oh, uh, just I'm a gonna starting say, lineup. I'm going to say Rager, and I'm going to say at tackle, I'm going to say worfs for Bowles. He'll be a backup this year, and then I'm going to say, oh my God, Reisner. I think they bring back McGovern. Uh, guard, I, I don't probably someone in the draft. I can't think. Remember, of Remember,
3: right it's now. a dream. It's a dream. Uh, I don't know. There's no,
4: you know, free agent guards. I'm crazy about. I really can't think of anyone. And and, and right tackle, obviously, Juwan James.
3: Okay, I'll say Derek Wolfe. As one of the defensive ends. I'm going to go inside out on the defense. There's the dream lineup per Chad Jensen. Derek Wolfe, DJ Reeder, nose tackle. Mm-hmm. Eric Armstead, the other defensive mm. end. Vaughn Chubb as your edge. I'm going to say Alexander Johnson, Joe Schobert over Littleton for me. Joe Schobert, two linebackers. Then I'm going to go Bouye. stick with Callahan, hope for the best at the corner or at nickel, and then – I'll say Prince of Mukamara, And then you got Justin Simmons back and you got Kareem Jackson. I think that would be phenomenal. Both sides of the ball. Justin says, sup guys. Glad to have made it to the live show. If the Broncos pick up Cooper and free agency, which I'm on the fence about, who do you think they go after in the draft? Well, if you're paying 20 million for a wide receiver, you got wide receiver, one lockdown, wide receiver, two lockdown, who you go after in the draft. You're no longer really looking for that wide receiver in round one. That's, Per, almost guaranteed Zach. So I think that would dictate they go with a blue chip player at a different position, probably offensive line or mm-hmm. corner.
4: Yeah. They have bigger fist to fry. And I want to just add one more name that, uh, someone threw out, I can't find it right now. Uh, Elway is God throughout Joe Tooney from new England for uh, guard. That's the guy. That's my dream up dream lineup right there. So I appreciate that's you. That's the right guard. Yeah. There's okay. my
3: assist. All right, Dylan, we're trying to, uh, be get as many non super chat questions in here. Um, Keep it, keep it balanced on the show. Dylan says, hey, guys, amazing job every cast. Appreciate you, Dylan. I just need to know what is the most important position we need to address right now. We have so many holes, but what's your decision if you're Elway? Well, at this stage for me, Zach, the, my biggest concern was corner. It's a little bit lessened. I think right now the biggest OSHIT situation for this team is defensive line in terms of no one is under contract that started a game last year. Yeah. So for me, it's defensive line. Now, if you're looking at long-term, because you do have some guys coming up in terms of we talked about Demarcus Walker earlier, Draymond Jones is going to continue to develop. So you do have some long-term guys that are going to grow into that position. But offensive line is and wide receiver goes in that order for me. For me, it's offensive line. I mean, that's where it all
4: starts in the trenches. That's how you protect your franchise quarterback. And you might lose your center. You might, you know, you lost your right guard. You have your starting tackles are, you know, Garrett Bowles and Juwan James. Not a great situation, not any top level developmental guys behind them. So to me, offensive line, then wide receiver. Anything having to do with Drew Locke is the biggest priority for me this
3: offseason. He is the number one most important factor on the Broncos right now. Chase Wildner jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, bro. Thank he you. He says, I think we robbed Pittsburgh in that trade-up last year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it. Not only did the Broncos still get a blue chipper with, in Noah Fant in the first round. I mean, that was a guy they were considering at 10. But you still, you got a third-round pick that you parlayed to move up and grab Drew Locke, And then you got a third-round pick this year. I mean, John Elway made out like a bandit in that trade. It doesn't even matter to me. He's going to be a good player. It doesn't matter to me how Fant turns out, but the
4: Broncos got Drew Locke and Dalton Reisner from that trade pretty much, and that's the most important thing. Franchise left guard, franchise quarterback. That is a hell of a haul and a hell of a trade by John Elway.
3: All right, guys. Paul, we grabbed your question. I hope you're happy, buddy. Let's see what else. Uh, We're running a little bit long here. We're starting to wind it down, so let me – let me get to our awesome Super Chat superstars who have been waiting patiently. Uh, Edward, speaking of a superstar, working his way up the Mount Rushmore Huddle Up podcast, jumps in on, on Super Chat $10 donation. Thank, Thank, you, Thank Edward. you, Edward. He says, I keep seeing the Broncos are letting Wolf test free agency. Do you think we'll resign him? Yeah, dude. we re- I do. I think he ends up coming back to Denver. He is going to test free agency. Like That is going to happen. But I do think He's going to find a slightly cooler market than what his current demands for the Broncos are, which will bring him back to the table, and the Broncos will get him locked up, two-year, two-three-year deal. Um, he'll he'll stick around another couple of years. Is my crystal ball bet
4: a yeah, highly incentivized deal as well to protect the Broncos from his injury history and anything like that? You know, underperforming entering this stage of his career. I think it's about a seventy percent chance he resigns with the Broncos.
3: Terry Randall proving, as always, the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being up in Canada. $5 donation on Super Chat. Appreciate you, you. bro. A few big dollar free agents or multiple second or third tier. Your thoughts? Well, the Broncos have the cap space to to have their cake and eat it, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. they don't have... I mean, once they make their decision on Joe Flacco, you're talking about $67 million in cap space, which is more than double what they had in 2014 with that phenomenal free agent class that came in and helped them win a Super Bowl a year later. So I think that, Terry, in terms of this particular situation, you you can grab one or two more big dollar free agents And then just stack the shelf with second, third tier
4: guys. And even the biggest free agents, because we're not including Byron Jones in this, the DJ Readers and maybe Joe Thune, maybe those types, they won't crush the Broncos salary cap. And they still will have money left over to pay the Simmons and pay the Derek Wolf's of the world and pay the McGoverns. They can really have it all this year. Like Chad mentioned, they finally have the capital and they finally have the draft picks as well. I mean, they're really going to reload this offseason and attack the 2020 season with a whole updated lineup.
3: Buona says, hypothetically, if we could trade Noah Fant for the Jets pick at 11, would you do it? I wouldn't because you already went through the trial by fire. You went through the worst part with Noah Fant, which is the rookie year. He's got that under his belt now, and you want to take an unsure thing, not to say necessarily that Fant's a sure thing at this point, but you don't know what's going to be there at 11. You don't know how that player, whoever you end up getting, is going to pan out, whereas it's looking like Fant, is going to be within a two- or three-year window from from today. He's going to be a top-five tight end in this league. He could turn the corner next this year like you saw from Cortland. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it, Zach. And plus, who's going to replace him? They don't have the guy on the roster that can step in. There's no,
4: I think, you know, slam dunk future Pro Bowl tight ends in this draft class. So you're opening up another hole on offense and you're just hurting Drew Locke more. It's it's a, a lateral move, if not a step back. I would not trade Noah Fant. I would hang in with him for the reasons you just mentioned. He's not even scratching the surface of his potential yet. He's only going to get better as the years go on. And he can be the Broncos version of
3: Rob Gronkowski. I've been saying it for a year now. Just keep in mind, Blanca Beast, one in the hand. Is worth two in the bush, That's and right. when you've found a proven, bona fide blue chipper, and it's already come out in the wash, you just don't look that gift horse in the mouth. J Fig Vids jumps in on Super Chat with a ten dollar oh, donation. Nice. Thank you awesome. so much. Nice to see you. Thank you, Jay Fig. He says really love y'all. Y'all get me excited for football. Mm-hmm. I think Elway is making the right moves. Would love to draft D liner, offensive line at pick fifteen. Yeah, I mean your Javon Kinlaw of the world, he could be there. I don't mm-hmm. think Derek Brown will be there. But Javon Kinlaw will be, is a good chance he'll be there. You can't guarantee anything. But that, again, I would be more down for the Denver Broncos to end up with a Javon Kinlaw, even an Andrew Thomas, even a Jeff Gladney than Henry Ruggs at pick 15. I mean, crucify me, but that's, it's a deep wide receiver class. So get the guys that you can't get later on when you can at pick 15.
4: Yeah, I can't be a hypocrite. If I'm staring at Tristan Wurst at 15, if he's on the board, I'm thinking really, really long and hard about taking him over the rugs and the duties of the world It's just a more important position, and I'm with you. It all starts in the trenches. The Broncos have major glaring needs for both starters and depth on both lines, both offensive and defensive,
3: so they need to attack that in the draft big time. Ron W. jumps in on Super Chat, one of our superstars. Yes. We still haven't seen your shirt, dude. You haven't sent us the selfie yet, dog. What's up? He says, hey, do you think Taylor Gabriel is an option? And for those of you who missed it, the Chicago Bears did release Taylor Gabriel uh, at the same time that they did Prince of Mukamara. So I think, yes, he's definitely someone that's going to be on the radar as a second-tier, second-wave free agent for the Broncos, brings speed to the table, you can use him in some gadget type of plays. What do you think, Zach.
4: I I feel like one hand, if the Broncos wanted him because he can sign right now, they would have signed him already. I mean, they have the Fangio connection, and I'm not big on signing any receivers, veterans on the open market. I'd rather the Broncos attack that through the draft. If I had my druthers, I'd take a chance on Randall Cobb over Taylor Gabriel, but Gabriel I'm willing to take on for a very, very short-term, low-money deal if he comes along for that price, just for depth, just to have another guy on the roster that can take the top off
3: defenses. Justin jumps in on Super Chat. Finally ordered my hoodie and hat. Super freaking stoked. Can't wait to get it. Also, who is an underrated free agent we should get? I saw that today, Justin. By the way, thank you for your support on the merch store. Thanks for chipping in on Super Chat. We appreciate you, brother. It means the world to us. Underrated free agent. I've talked about him before. But again, I don't necessarily need want the Broncos to go out as Mike Cliss reported a couple weeks back and, and pay a starter type running back. But DeAndre Washington is a pass catching running back that you could probably pay one or two million bucks a year on a short-term deal to come in and provide not only that third down ability, but a little, enough wiggle and enough explosion you can use in between the tackles and complement Philip Lindsey. Philip Lindsay needs to get paid though
4: hmm That's a good call, Chad. I'm going to go with Ted Karras from the Patriots. He's a center who's hitting the open market this year with Andrews. He's dealing with blood clots, and we all talk about Joe Thune being the big-time ticket-free agent there, and, and he really is. He's a great player, but Ted Karras would grade it out as a top-20 center according to Pro Football Focus last year. He would obviously step in right away and replace Connor McGovern, probably do a better job than him in pass protection. Just a guy I'd be interested in signing, though. I think, like every other offensive lineman,
3: Chad, he's going to get paid by
4: someone, a needy team.
3: Discount Audio and Wills DA Dub jumps in on Super Chat. One Thank of our you. superstars, so consistent. We appreciate, appreciate you, DA Dub. No way on Melvin Gordon. Pass, not worth the money. Plus, why upset Philip Lindsay? Roll with Lindsay and Royce Freeman and a cheap vet, yep. maybe or an undrafted guy. Preach hey, it. Exactly, you're preaching to the choir, my friend. I just keep wondering why all these reports on running backs. I'm actually working on a story right now. You guys have checked that out probably within about a half an hour after the podcast ends on why are the Broncos sending up these smoke signals? What, what kind of message are you sending? Mixed signals to Philip Lindsay, Zach. End of the season, I was like, yeah, we're going to consider giving them an extension. Next thing that comes out is Mike Kliss talking about them signing a starter type. Then you see Lindsay out at a basketball game with Vic Fangio. It's like they're either – just putting this out there to camouflage what their true intentions are, or they're just sending the wrong signals to to Philippines. Or maybe they have true apprehension about his pass-catching
4: ability, maybe that wrist injury, maybe they think he's just not cut out for it, his size and his stature. I don't know why they're messing around, but I don't want any uh, free agent running back. I'd rather just devote that net need to the draft, pick up a cheap guy in the middle rounds, undrafted free agent. You have Royce Freeman. Uh, You can do
3: much worse than having that threesome in the backfield. James jumps back in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, James. He says, it's not draft talk, but I want to know, do you see the Broncos playing more aggressively in games this year? These past few years have killed me. Yeah, I mean, big part of that last year was the growing pains of a first-year coordinator, Zach, on the offensive side. That guy's been jettisoned, and you're getting a proven veteran coordinator in Pat Shermer, I almost spaced his name. I was, I was thinking of the quarterbacks coach Mike Shula. Anyway, you've got two proven guys though that aren't just proven in the sense that they've been in the NFL and they've had success, but they are also significantly more aggressively inclined. And you've got the quarterback piece that allows you to be a little bit more aggressive. You know, it's I think you'll see a different kind of complexion to the offense in 2020. And by the way, before I serve it over, Vic Fangio showed a massive streak for being an aggressive head coach as a defensive guy at different times in the season. And is fond of bringing that up to media, you know, talking about how, Hey, you know, everyone tries to give me grief because I'm a defensive guy, but I made a lot of aggressive decisions, fourth downs, you know, long field goals, things like going for it in, instead of kneeling on it, the, in the chargers game, throwing the bomb to Cortland Sutton, et cetera.
4: That was the word I was going to use was aggressive. That's the main difference between the Broncos offense this year and the Broncos offense we last saw with a healthy Peyton Manning in 2014 or in, in part to 2015. Just a confident, more aggressive attack, vertical attack, not horizontal. You have a more experienced play caller. You have a more experienced quarterback coach. It's just going to run a lot more smoother, and I think you'll see a better offensive uh, production on the statute
3: as a result. Mehmet wants to know did you guys see the conversation will parks had with a fan in broncos everything's ig page i want your opinion i didn't dude what did what did we miss did you see you know what he's talking about zach because i don't know what i missed
4: the last thing i saw was that he wants to come back to denver but they haven't reached out to him yet and that's not totally surprising to me if that's what you're referring to
3: yeah i'm not sure exactly if you want to we still got just a little bit of time left if you want to try and give us a A little bit more context on that. We're happy to uh, address it. All right, let's grab these last couple Super Chats, and then we will get out of here for tonight. Bradley jumps in on uh, Super Chat with a $2 donation. Thank Thank you, Bradley. Bradley. That means a ton to us, my friend. He says, can you guys talk about how Elway prepares for the draft? Well, not a lot is uh, shared about how the Broncos specifically prepare for the draft. The one thing we do know about Elway, though – as it relates to the draft, is he doesn't want to go into a draft without having his primary roster holes filled, or at least modestly filled. He doesn't he, so the point being they go into free agency first, even though the teams would prefer to have the draft than free agency, as, as Vic Fangio talked about at the combine, it's not the way it works. Free agency first, then the draft. So John Elway has always been his priority, and I'm sure this was something he learned from Brian Sanders, the, the GM, that kind of showed him the ropes when he was first brought on as VP of Football Operations. That you got to try and fill as many of your roster holes as possible in free agency, so that when you get to the draft, you are you, you're not le- you're a lot less likely. There's a lot less risk for you to cave to reaching for need, basically. Right. The other thing, Zach, to speak to what Bradley's asking is. We know one thing has changed significantly for John Elway over the last three years when it comes to scouting the draft, and that is this new philosophy of finding prospects whose intangibles, leadership, football IQ, uh, passion, competitiveness, all those things are on the same level as their physical traits and their athletic gifts because, I mean, look at what the 2018 class, the 2019 class followed suit, and I think you'll see him back to back to back that same type of approach in 2020. That's
4: really well said. I just want to add on to that. The way LA operates is that he's very aggressive in the first round, any round of the draft. He's always on the phone. He's always looking to see what it costs to move up, what it costs to get a certain player, and, and he has shown a proclivity to get his guy when he's targets him. So that's how he's going to approach the draft in the first round to the seventh round, always looking to see if he can get the guy he wants, how the board is shaking out, the teams around him, what they're doing, what they're thinking. He's very active, and I think that's a good
3: sign of a really good general manager. Damien jumps back in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Damien. What is Littleton's asking price, and what about Purcell? Um, I can pull up here. Let me go, uh, Corey, Littleton, uh, Spot Well, I'll tell you if Track has a market value listed. I haven't heard a specific number that Littleton's after at this stage, so let me at least kind of put us in the right direction here. And see what it says here on Spot Track. At
4: least Go ahead. at least nine a year, I have to figure Schobert's projected to get ten. All right, here's
3: what Spot Track has is as, as Littleton's market value. Four years, 48, basically 49 million. So average wow. salary of twelve point two million. Mind. Mind. So that's a that's a pretty penny, don't you think, Damien? And as much as I like him, is he worth twelve point yeah. two million in a big Fangio scheme? That's Zach, I don't know.
4: Yeah, that's the, that's what they would give DJ Reader, and I think Reader is a well more accomplished player uh, than Littleton. I love the guy, but twelve a year for an inside linebacker when the Broncos, uh, you know, skewed that uh, position multiple times last offseason, I I just don't think it's a possibility.
3: I remember when they gave Brandon Marshall eight million a year, and I was like, dang. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you're 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 going up another fifty percent over that for Littleton, and you know, Littleton didn't didn't even really become a a factor with the Rams in, until these last two seasons. So with Wade. Um, Yeah, right. Edward Keating jumps back in, one of our super chat superstars. Appreciate you, Edward. You You know we love you. He says, who do you think will have more sacks this year, Chubb or Miller? Mm. That's a dang good question. That's a dang good question. I'm going to go ahead and say Bradley Chubb. And that's me going out on a limb a little bit, Zach, because we don't know exactly what kind of shape he's going to come back. It's going to take him a little time once he starts playing again to get back from that knee. But I think he's going to be – I think you're going to kind of see an Adrian Peterson effect from him. Football was taken away. People doubted him. He still has a chip on his shoulder because he didn't get a Pro Bowl, not his rookie year, even though he had 12 sacks. And he's going to be motivated to ball out, Zach. So, and then, you know, seeing the trajectory Vaughn was on, he had a career low year. I'm going to go with Chubb.
4: You know, I can see that. And in some ways, Bradley Chubb is a better player than Von Miller in certain aspects. I just think Von is going to have a truly resurgent year in Vic Fangio, in the second year with Vic Fangio. He's looking, he's already eyeing his second contract, his his next, probably last, major, massive deal. And I just think coming off a disappointing year, he's heard all the criticism. He still has a big ego of Von Miller. He's still very talented. He showed at the end of last year uh, that he still has very much gas left in the tank. I just, I predict him to have, you know, a true Von Miller season. This season, 15 sacks, 16 sacks, the Vaughn that we all know. And Bradley Chubb, though, not too far behind. 12, 13 sacks. It's going to be a dynamic duo to watch again.
3: All right, guys. If we didn't get to your question tonight, save it. Tomorrow night is the Mile High Mailbag, our favorite episode of the entire week. And we'll just go crazy and get as many questions as possible. So have them locked and loaded, ready to go. And we'll look forward to answering those tomorrow night. But that's got to do it for today's episode. Of the Huddle Up Podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope. Appreciate you contributing to the conversation. Of course, a mile high salute to our super chat superstars who've chipped in today. We'll be shouting you out on Twitter after the show. So look for that. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, though. At Huddle Up Pod, simply the best way to stay in touch with the show, what's happened with the show in real time. And also at Mile High Huddle. And then don't forget to follow my partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com, holler. And uh, Zach, have a good uh, rest of your night, and we'll talk again tomorrow night. You as well, Chad. Pumped, as always, for the mailbag tomorrow night. See you guys then. Let's hope the NFL makes no drastic uh, changes to what they have planned for the NFL draft. Yes. Oh, Christy jumps in right right as we're about to, to get out of here. Super thank chat, you, superstar. Speaking of, we love you. Christy, we appreciate you. We're just signing off, so hopefully you'll be on tomorrow we can get some uh, comments and questions and get you engaged in the conversation. But thank you for chipping in at the end there. We have the best listeners in the world, dude. The best, by, by far, and far and away. We love you guys. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern.
2: You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
0: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.